All right. So I think with that, I can welcome everybody to 154 Contemporary Art Fair uh, panel, um, creating public installations across Africa and its diaspora. I'm joined by Princess Marilyn Duala Bell, uh, David Ogun Muyua, um, and Zach uh, Oven. Um, yes, and I'm George Mahashe. I'll be the discussant. I might be a little bit uh, nervous for a second, but I'll get there. So everyone, welcome, um, welcome, and thank you very much for taking the time to actually be here with us and to listen to us. I'm not going to take up too much time with introduction. I know screen fatigue is a real thing. So with that, I think I'm going to introduce our panelists. I will start with Princess uh, Marlene Duala Bell. Um, she is the founder of Dualat and um, a very uh, respected figure in, 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 in the art on the continent. Uh, we're also joined by David Ogumiwa, who is an architect and an educator and he, he is also a very well-practiced um, architect and, and respected. And we are also joined by Zekov, who is an artist, and he will also be sharing some of his projects that he has been working on. So with that, I think how we are going to run the session is I'm going to give all the panelists um, five to seven minutes to just sort of introduce what, what, what they have on their plate, what they're thinking about. And um, afterwards we can um, move on to a discussion and then we'll open it up to, to, for questions later on. So today we will begin again with Princess Marlin and I will give you the floor. Thank you very much. Hi, everybody. Uh, it's a pleasure for me to be with you and to share something which is in my mind and in the mind of my team. So I'm running uh, Dual Art since 1991. And it's a project and a dream we had uh, in that period, 30 years ago, um, to uh, impose a new way of uh, being in public spaces uh, a new way to people to meet and to uh, look at the city as a place for discussion, for sharing, and not a place for fighting. Uh, Dualat was born after the, the uh, quite civil war. Uh, it was a very, very dark and, and violent moment. And the street was, was really the place where uh, people were fighting against the other. So uh, we have two very big spaces where we work. Um, we invite artists to work in uh, the white cube. We have a white cube. And uh, most of the time, it's outside the walls. Um, and something which is very important for us is about how we can create um, emblems, uh, create landmarks for people to recognize themselves, to belong to space, or to be part of something around them. This is what I'd like to share with you for the moment. If it's not enough, let's say, let's move. 
that is good. I think that will work. Um, David, do you have, um, you can get your initial prompts? Yeah, um, thank you, first of all, for inviting me to join this amazing panel and uh, to be involved in uh, 154. Um, so uh, I'm an architect and I am uh, from a practice called Architect You Doing Place. And um, the kind of strange name is indicative of our concerns. So we focus on the idea of place and the idea of place and how it forms people. Uh, but we come at this through looking at the intersection between art and architecture, specifically trying to develop an architecture that is um, generated through the lens of fine art practices, as far as we can do it. There is a really interesting conversation about the distinction between architectural practices and, and fine art practices, and how um, you can really get mixed up by blurring the um, boundaries between the two, because I, I think they are distinct practices. And what we look to do is um, respect our artistic processes, but also use and um, investigate and influence what we do. And the reason we, we do that is because primarily what we are are urbanists. So we believe in the city, we believe in settlements, we believe in wherever people are, because we believe in people. And we focus on end users. And one of the way that we think about how these, um, how buildings can be generated from the imagination of end users, from the influences and what's important to end users, is by looking at um, the things that concern them and how they occupy space. So the kind of spatial consequence of all the things that we look at, but also that comes from the imagination, it comes from the mind, and that's what we like to kind of focus on. Um, and we talk about quite often how our built environment forms all of us inescapably. In fact, our shared built environment forms all of us. So where we're born, where we meet partners, where we go to school, where we live, these are all spaces that we live in. Um, but they're also a kind of, um, they're, they're kind of set physical spaces, but they also become a psychological space. Um, and all sorts of writers, or poets, and theorists, and artists have reflected on these kind of um, situations. Uh, so we, we um, like to think about those issues, and that really means that there's a kind of utilitarian aspect to some of the things that we do, and a kind of practical, pragmatic set of, um, you know, issues about what we want to do. So for instance, we wouldn't put anybody in a room without any windows because that has an impact on their kind of psychological state. But what they see out of that window and what they imagine out of that window and the view that we frame of the horizon is kind of hopefully really meaningful to them and then it's meaningful to, to the place. Um, so there's the idea of reference point and um, public space. There's the idea of the kind of the, the often when you invite um, lay people to talk about architecture, the first thing that they um, plug onto, which is really important, is the idea of kind of the inside and the outside and the kind of connection between the inside and the outside. And that is because there is a kind of genuine um, uh, reality about that. But one of the ways we like to think about that is the, the connection between the public and the private realms, the public and the private space. So I'm really interested in public spaces and how it affects the, the interior spaces and vice versa. Um, but in terms of art practice, one of the things that are really, one of the really interesting things about that is kind of the idea of performance and the idea of events and happenings. And in, in the context of this conversation about um, public art, um, does public art have to be a physical object or can it be a kind of set of happenings, a set of, um, there are, there's a kind of European school from the um, 1960s called kind of situationist art, which is about a kind of set of productions, performances in public spaces that then activate, activate that space and um, developers all around the world are always talking about activating public space. 
um, because one of the things about public space is that it's scarce, so it's a commodity, so people buy it, so it becomes private really quickly. But then when they made it private, people then need to make it active because if you just lock off things and fence around it, it becomes an empty kind of uh, wasteland in a desert. Um, so that's a kind of one of the things I hope we can touch on as we go through our conversations. Uh, and then personally, I'm really interested in the idea of a kind of mythology and personal mythology and how that in an aesthetic way influences um, design and influences the kind of outcomes and the products um, and the imagination of designers and, and creatives. And I'm really open to kind of pick um, from Zach and um, Princess Marilyn's uh, imagination. Hi. Well, I'll continue from there. I'm Zach Ove. I'm an artist and I also curate. Last year, I curated Get Up, Stand Up Now at Somerset House, which was an exhibition looking at um, the last 50 years and contributions of Black British arts in the UK and from abroad, and how really that had bearing uh, on changing the face of Britain permanently and what those influences were, the connectivity through those situations, and how that interface with British culture to change the face of Britain today. Um, I think the arts has huge influence uh, when allowed in public spaces to make uh, a contribution and a voice. I began with 154 uh, outside in the courtyard years ago with my installation of The Invisible Men. And when doing so, I began to research the history of Somerset House and discovered the mask of blackness had been performed there in 1605. What was interesting to me again was growing up in Britain, I felt that there had been a huge contribution made by people of color in the last 400 years that wasn't recognized. And I myself petitioned now to try to find public spaces that could perhaps then tell the story of those black Britons and their interface, um, their contribution, if you like, to British culture and how by recognizing them, it, we might help tell hidden stories and histories that help us really discover who we are and who we've been. Um, unlike you guys, I, I, a lot of my work is to do with mythology in that sense. It began in the carnival and I began uh, with an interest in the mythologies that were being played out there. And one of the things I realized that if mythologies aren't kept alive and given new world materials and new dialogue, they die. So one of the things I look at in my practice is how to interject uh, nuances that reflect the times in a way, uh, materials that speak about now and the future, as well as the past, that, that give uh, old world traditions a new voice. Um, this has led me to casting of African masks, etc., and statues in resins and graphite uh, to recontextualize uh, old world histories and, and give them uh, a new world voice in that sense. Um, I'm fascinated in this conversation for a number of reasons. Um, it's interesting how we all look at public spaces and how we can congeal ideas that might activate those spaces to speak about us in context. Um, one of the things I'm hoping in the future is that we will be more active as architects and artists and curators in seeking out these spaces and putting work in them that, that really helps to build a platform for, for what we're doing and saying. One of the things that's been interesting to me in my journey, and this was passed to me from my father, was a, a retelling of history and an equalizing of issues that had been, uh, where we'd been misled through uh, if you like, our colonial upbringings, the kind of education that we were given, 
and, and how we kind of uh, begin to look at ways to champion uh, and equalizing in terms of who we have been, what our contribution has been, where we were, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, a retelling of hidden stories, if you like, where we had been left out, filling in the blanks. And I think what's interesting about where we come together is how we begin to find ways to, to, to fulfill that. So I think from that point, we can begin really, can't we? I mean. Uh, yes, please go ahead. Yes, gonna... yes. Um... I'm not, um, well, I think we have to change our vocabulary. Okay. I think, uh, I mean, um, public space means space outside, outdoor. Yeah. And we are used to speak about, I, this is a translation from French. Yeah. We are used to speak about urban, urban yeah. social, social areas. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, we must speak about people human being and communities speak, and communities yeah and if we say public space this reminds uh, the space uh, outdoor so mm. we work uh, in the same way uh, with human beings in social areas yeah and we are also involved and i think we are speaking all of the, we have been sh uh, chosen to speak about that mm. uh, about how we can help people to have new narratives of yeah. their own lives and to share it and to invent their future. Yeah. Really the challenge. And the artists are, of course, the, the, the person who can help, but the creativity of people is also to be uh, challenged, to be included, uh, uh, to create these new, those new narratives for themselves, for mm -hmm. ourselves, and to try to get out of what has been imposed as a governance, the way of those uh, leaders, politic, public leaders. Yeah. And we have to change, uh, to move on and change the paradigm. Yeah. And I'm really with you, Zach, when you are, you are speaking about um, uh, processes, yeah. methodologies, because yeah. this is much more important that, than the results. Yeah. Even if the result is sometimes something where people can recognize themselves and say, "Wow, I'm there," and recognize what I'm, I am, yes. part of me, yeah. or I hate that and yeah. I'm not there. No. This is the dialogue we are involved, we are uh, pushing is so important in those social areas. I agree. Um, David, do you want to come in yet? Um, I. I... I think it's really interesting, actually, because I was just reflecting on what Princess Marilyn was saying, and it is um, something that never occurred to me in that other creatives will talk about, and you're absolutely right, Princess Marilyn, one of the things is about language and what we emphasise. And I imagine that other artists are trying to communicate with um, their public or their, their kind of, um, the, the, the kind of, the viewer, the gaze, the, 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 the people that they're trying to produce something for. Mm. Um, if I can put it as crudely as I'm not being a bit clumsy with that. But as architects, um, we, are, we tend to think about space and that's a kind of irreducible thing that we have to because that's our medium. So in our sense, what we're trying to do is almost um, invert that and try and imbue some sense of humanity and character and use and meaning into space. But we have to use space. There's no kind of, there's no getting away from that. Otherwise, we would be a different type of practitioner. 
So I think that's really interesting to kind of um, highlight. Yeah, and it's nice when architects and artists can work in unison, that, that the artists can bring a narrative that can be developed in such a way. Um, and I, I think actually in getting artists to make works for public space, we need more alliances with architectural practices in order to break those borders. Because often to make a public artwork or to even get through the sifting of paperwork that's necessary, uh, one needs to work in counterpart, you know, so it's nice when we can find collusions uh, in that sense between our practices that help us get there. Um, one of the things I was very firm about with Get Up Stand Up last year was that the narratives that we looked at and tried to include were very positive in terms of how they were fueling the audience. By that, I mean, looking at artists who were finding creative solutions or way, to ways around uh, uh, issues, uh, problems, etc., versus um, kind of a lull in that. So I, I was looking for people that were really solution seekers in, in their practices, people who stood up uh, with a sense of affirmation in trying to find the way through a situation. And, and this is something I think is particularly interesting to me when we start to look at the narrative of an artwork or a public artwork in that sense, what it speaks about, how it challenges uh, its moments and, and, and how it, it leads us to, to, to really, um, to, the, to the notion that we can do more, you know, that we can champion our own situations, you know, that it becomes uh, something that, that really gives us uh, a lease of life and is encouraging in that sense. And I'm interested in how we develop those situations and those stories in a way. I mean, for me, the question that I would want to add to the, to the mix, we are talking yeah. about art, we're talking about um, architects, but ultimately when we're talking about public space, it is really the domain of the administrator of, of, of in, in South Africa, we'd say something like public work. So I think the discussion you're talking about um, um, require is it's not just about getting somebody that can navigate the, the bylaws. It, it also involves somebody that can navigate the public. Yeah. So the role of the public administrator of some sort, I, I don't know if I've got a, a way to put it, but I think that's one, one, one dimension that I think would be important to put into the mix about where does the the, the public uh, affairs person feature in? Because we quickly yeah. move to the community, but in between the community and the artists, there's always that public figure, that, yeah. that person or yeah. that administrator that has to do the work. Um, I think what's been interesting recently is we've seen a backlash in the last year to, if you like, public art that we had taken for granted from the colonial era that spoke about a certain kind of bureaucracy that suddenly this year, people have said, no, 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 this is enough. These people were slave masters. They were indecent. We no longer want them to herald our communities, right? And I'm interested now in how we move beyond that, what we replace in those situations, how, which communities we, we choose to revere in those moments, because I think it's interesting when you grow up in any city, be it Lagos or Johannesburg or London or New York, there you are knowing that African hands uh, built the majority of what we look at uh, in terms of the architectural feats of the white Western world, yet we're not revered for being a part of that. And we look at the history of those, those cities 
and those communities. And we find champions in, in all sorts of areas, uh, not only for the equality of black people, but people that have contributed to uh, the, the modernization of, of humanity. And in that sense, where are they? Why aren't they recognized? How can we build platforms to see more of our heroes and heroines that, that, that start to build an archive of who we have been alongside other communities in, in founding these situations? And, and, and I'm interested in, in, in artists that are not only looking to the past, but in that sense, trying to broaden people's horizons in terms of what public art can be and what it speaks about. And I'm very interested to know what you guys think and how we might share ideas that, that enlighten in that sense. Okay, um, any comebacks or rather, Ed? Princess Mary? No, well, I've, I've, got, go ahead. I've, got, I've got some things. So it's really interesting yeah. because I think almost, uh, in the answer to your question first, George, because I think you're absolutely right, but I don't think that should be the role of the architect. I almost feel that what that needs is, and that's where other people who are architect adjacent, if I can use that term, yeah. are, are used for that. Because what, 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 what um, artists need, I would suggest, are enablers. So for instance, if, um, Zach, you've probably got some gallerists, you've got people, you know, Princess Marilyn, potentially, you know, that, that's what people do to create yeah. a space for art. And I think there's also, there's, there's another kind of set of practitioners that should be creating the interface for art to work properly, because it's a real, it's a real specialism. And it's a way of kind of trying to communicate with people who don't have the imagination of the artist. And I think the, the artist's specialism is a different specialism and they shouldn't have to kind of almost sully themselves with these kind of narrow frames of things. However, one of the things I, I do think that they offer, and I, certainly Get Up Stand Up did this um, in so many ways last year, is, is almost give ourselves as practitioners and creators a sense of ourselves as makers and cultural producers. And it, yeah. it, you, you, it's exactly what you're saying. It's about setting this kind of site, type of narrative, this overarching vision that starts with the point of view that we we are here, we have always been doing this. Frankly, I, I yeah, agreed. That we haven't been um, shown or highlighted or illuminated in what we've been doing, but we've always been doing this since the beginning of time. Yeah, it's not it's not a new thing. Um, so it's a kind of a sense of ourselves as producers allows us to produce more. It gives us the confidence and the reassurance and the kind of, um, for, for people who want to kind of reach towards that, there's, there's a kind of pathway for them to follow. Mm. I mean, I feel that I grew up in the invisible generation in that sense, especially in Europe. Sorry, go ahead, Princess Marilyn. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, you are wanted some, a few examples. Uh, I'd like to share with you two thoughts. One is, uh, architecture is not walls. It's the space where you live, how you occupy, occupy the space. And mm -hmm. walls are not obliged, uh, it's not obligation to have a uh, wall to say this is an architecture. And then uh, we have offered, offered uh, an, an amphitheater, open, uh, open air uh, theater uh, in one neighborhood. And it was very interesting because uh, it was a, a Belgium artist coming invited by us, and he spent he spent a lot of time with people in this area, a lot of time. And then uh, those people with who he was working with, uh, speaking, he was not working with 
them. He was speaking with them. He was uh, taking their words and trying to offer his words. And there were this white person in this uh, very uh, black and, and very uh, deep root uh, area. And people were looking at themselves and they were saying, oh, this white person is coming to us and we are someone. And he offered a space of dialogue to those people and to let them have a kind of better way of their own representation. He helped them to look at themselves as, as human beings in that very uh, unstructured uh, area. And the first, and I think David said that uh, earlier, the first thing was psychologically, people had now a space where they were, you know, recognized. Yeah. And this is the first architecture that is in the head. Absolutely. Second one was nowadays, this uh, theater is an opener, uh, is a space, and um, it's at the heart of, of this area, and it's a place where they can do all what they want. Place for uh, games for kids, a place for meetings, a place for uh, crying when there's some uh, funerals and so on. And this is something which has structured the common the collective lives of, of, of uh, these uh, people. And this is also something uh, we are fighting for, and it takes a lot of time. And the fact to invite people coming from uh, abroad countries is so important yeah. to to give to us to me um, the idea that I do I, I'm alive I I'm someone yeah sure. I'm somebody yeah I have other examples but this is one I was wanted to share with with you with all of you um, to speak about how we can. Confine our, I don't know the translation, the good translation, but to confine our identity where, you know, most of the time we are in a box. Right. Most of the time we are doing the same things, we don't like it, we don't like uh, ourselves. And then this is with art, with the gesture of an artist, of creative people, person. With that, we help people to get outside of their. Um, common uh, you, uh, daily life. Okay, yeah. It's so important. I hope with the show we did last year, it was a house that worked in the same way that you described. Sadly, I think in London, this kind of place still doesn't exist for people of color here at all, um, which is ridiculous. Um, uh, and we need more institutions that are our own as well in order to house these situations that become ours so if you like the house of us in that sense um it's a discussion in britain i mean we were talking today about other institutions that try to work in that way in in various satellites off the continent like the studio museum in new york and the underground museum in uh los angeles and uh in the past in london the africa center and and how these small uh, satellite institutions that become specialists to these kind of topics serve us so well. Um, and I, I hope that we don't always have to think in a big scale that we can have more smaller institutions that do this kind of specialist work. Um, 
it's very important, you're right, for people to see themselves and to understand how their stories are viewed uh, by the community uh, and beyond in that sense, like, you know. What I like about what Princess Marilyn was also saying was that, uh, or at least I hope I've understood and maybe I've misunderstood um, usefully and creatively, is this idea of, I, I love this, I love the idea of Africans talking about art in the context of ourselves and what it can do to us personally rather than in the context of opposition to a kind of European hegemony, um, which it is. Now, I, like, both of those things are absolutely true. It's almost kind of one of the other points I want to make about diaspora. But certainly this idea of, again, it's trite to say it, but it, it doesn't make it any less true that art expands the mind and it allows us to look at things in a different way. Yeah. And just that, that kind of opportunity, that space that um, an interlocutor can have that comes into a space and has a conversation, a specialist conversation about a kind of focus on a particular thing from an artistic lens that yeah. allows us to reflect on ourselves is so powerful and useful. I think in our lives, in our quotidian lives, like um, uh, Princess Marilyn was talking about, where we're continuously assailed by all sorts of very demanding kind of things to deal with, bills to pay at the end of the month, Black Lives Matter, you know, just you know, all sorts of issue, kind of daily issues that assail us. This space for reflection is also a kind of, it's a gift to ourselves as well. It's a kind of self-compassion to ourselves as a, as a kind of African diaspora to have this space, to have the opportunity to reflect on ourselves in this creative, imaginative, boundless and endless way. I think that's really important for us to kind of preserve and hold on to. And that's another thing I've got to say that, that um, Get Up Stand Up provided provide just a moment an oasis in a kind of relentless stream of you know daily worries to have headspace the other thing for me that was important with that was to try and show the connectivity uh, between generations and between the kind of uh, if you like not only practices but conversations people were having in their work and how different periods of art have influenced others to show if you like the infectiousness that happens when one begins uh, making art. And, and this obviously came to me through my father in, in, in seeing him years before I began my practice, nurturing other artists who, uh, uh, the, the thing of mentoring in a sense is what I'm really getting to. And, and how uh, one generation have influenced another and how that baton has been passed. And with one, uh, with Get Up Stand Up, really I was trying to show how these generations had connected those values through different types of practices and how sometimes somebody plants a seed in a certain moment that's picked up on years later by somebody else who runs with that in say sculpture where that may have begun in a piece of writing or a piece of film or a piece of music um, but that that sense of connectivity and also the resistance within the arts that was shared in all those moments so also the exuberance of that Zach. I love yeah. the kind of just the, I love, uh, I think you said, I'm not sure you said the word, uh, um, I, I think you said something approaching the, the word joy, which is something I wrote down. And that yeah. kind of, ex again, that's, I think that's part of that reflection. It's a kind of outcome of that reflection. It might not always be joy, it might just be, yeah. it might be melancholy, it might be all other things. But there's a kind of exuberance that allows us, and that that is something that is common in a kind of overarching way in African culture. That's, yeah. you know, kind of, well, if, if the world has a lens of us, um, yeah. has a kind of, you know, shorthand for us, it's about that exuberance. And that allows that process of transferring from 
one um, creative medium to another, to another, to another. And that's why we try and use art practice, actually. It's, it's, it, again, it's occurred to me during this conversation that the reason that we try and use art practice to inform what we're doing is to infuse that set, sense of a kind of exuberance and a freedom that is often constrained in architecture, which is a very austere kind of middle European idea of a, of a process. And we kind of, like lots of cultures don't have the, the, the word architect, they have the word, like I went to the Middle East for a while and they have the word Mohandis, which is which means a kind of builder, engineer, but it doesn't mean architect. It's a, it's a kind right. of different, it's a different set of um, concerns and cultures. Hmm. Yes. Uh, you are. Uh, yeah. I just want once again about vocabulary or about words, uh, how we speak. Uh, this, what you said, is uh, the the word people are using for describing not architecture but something around architecture, right? Um, what we are working on, it's not well. I was wanted to make a link, but I was wanted to speak about something we are. <laughs> so there's no link with what you just said. <laughs> I was wanted to say also something which is very important for us. Um, we are uh, really working for citizenship. And uh, we discovered that uh, someone speak about the virtual space. You know. I don't speak about uh, uh, I just want to say simply to say that it's very interesting when people try to explain what happened in their area. Uh, what someone sometimes they don't speak about art people; they speak about uh, development. Something happened, and it changed the way their mobility, the way they are, uh, you know, the links, the relationship they have with uh, broad countries, and so on. So something is happening in their imagination, and so on. But the way they are speaking about what happened is very interesting because their vocabulary has changed. The way that they are using new vocabularies, they are trying to, uh, to, to speak, they are speaking about the same thing and they are trying to create a way of understanding together. You know? So I mean, an artwork in the field helps to invent a new vocabulary and a new way for people to, to exchange, to, to share what happened and what they feel about what happened. And uh, this is a new, another way to build a consciousness, to build a society. So I was just to Okay. I think before we've got about 20 minutes left and I think there's been a lot of bouncing which is really really interesting I think one thing that I sort of want to bring back um, there, there's a bit of discussion about what exactly constitutes public space so there's the question of being inside outside um, there's a question of not needing walls um, and then obviously, Zach, with your work, there's, there's something very specific about it being in the public and it being um, a particular size. So it's not a building, but it's an actual object. So for me, I think they, they, there's, there's an important question to think about, because from my perspective, as somebody that's, that's uh, lived in Joburg for a very long time, mm. when people 
think public space. They always think about spend money on fixed things, uh, put a bench, uh, put grass so that people can sit, but then you can't sit on the grass. So I think for me, there's something about when we are talking about, and you've already touched on it in, in, in different ways, but I think if I had to ask you as one last attempt to, to just deal with what each and every one um, of the panelists really thinks in relation to the physicality or lack of physicality of the idea of public space. I don't know if that's something that can... Um... I don't quite understand the question. So just break it down. When you say physicality, what are no, you I'm saying? At? So, for example, when one thinks of a public um, installation, you know, there was the, you, you can think about it as a sculpture. Mm. You can think about it as a, a pavilion. For example, I was really excited by, by um, I think it's called um, Portobello. Um, you know, as it's, it's, it's a space that you, 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 you come and you be in. Yeah. Um, there's also been a conversation around performance as, yeah. as, 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 as public. So for me, as somebody that lives outside of a sort of um, European, I mean, we all kind of live in a, in a European context. Yeah, absolutely. About space beyond the building and the park, which right. is something that we are all kind of, or rather, how do you think about public space beyond the park or a building? It's, it's something that I'm curious about. I don't know if there is, there is some, it's something you guys can engage, but it's something that I think um, has, has come through in, in all that has come, come out today. Yeah, I don't, I don't, mind, I don't mind having a crack at that. And I, I think, so. I suppose one of the, 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 my starting point for this is almost what I'm interested in is a, as a kind of um, creative uh, producer. And what I'm generally predominantly um, interested in is a kind of human form and human immersion in a kind of physical environment. So I think for me, it is a physical environment. However, I recognize that there, are, there, there is a kind of virtual aspect to all of our lives. Now there's a kind of other world. It's not actually that new. It's, it's, it's at least 30 years old. We've, we've been kind of immersed in, you know, um, a sense of um, a kind of realm, a digital or a, um, media realm beyond ourselves for a long time now and kind of being able to imagine that but as architects we always think about not just a public space but it's it's in relation to what's implied by that is a couple of other spaces one is the semi-public place so where are you um, in a place that is both part of the, the rest of the world very communal but is also kind of partially you can put yourself in the african context i might talk about that historically as a kind of compound where you've got a kind of communal extended family environment um, and you're sharing different kinds of spaces that you might have entirely private to you. And then you've got um, spaces where you might come together with more members of your family, but not everybody um, in, the, in the wider settlement in the, in the village. Um, but there's, that also implies a kind of private realm, which is entirely of your own, which is entirely of your own psychology and imagination. And I almost feel like the virtual world is a lot about that private, for me, it's got more in common with that private realm than it's got to do with a broader public communal realm. There are obviously ways in which we can all interact together now. So I'm not necessarily interested in the conversation about um, the veracity of what public means in, it, it's a, in that sense. But I think um, for me, 
it's not as much, it's a tool, it's not as much interest. I prefer artworks in public spaces that refer to, that have a reference point um, of a kind of communal shared experience that people can um, journey together, that people can uh, react to together. Even if you don't like it, you, this is a kind of reaction that's, that's shared. Um, I don't know if anybody else has had this experience over the um, various lockdowns and quarantine periods that we've had around the world, but I was fine until the, the, the most recent one where I was very fine being by myself in my own company as often as possible. But what I missed was those kind of incidental, you know, hearing a conversation going past in the background from people going past that you, you might never meet again, but it's a kind of sense of a public zone that cannot be replicated inside your own head within, within um, truth. Okay. I mean, I think that also kind of brings the question of how are we imagining the virtual? Because I think at the moment, the virtual is still privileging the individual. Um, so I would just put that. I don't know if uh, Zach, uh, Princess Marlin, you want to come back into this? Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, I think for me, I'm less concerned about the virtual. I mean, coming back to what David was saying just now, I'm hoping post the COVID world, we return to some normality where we can commune as, as, as a community and, and be together and congregate. Um, one of the things I've, I've long been affected by was the lack of our presence in public spaces in, in, in cities that our hands virtually built in that sense. And I feel that to become a part of the history of the making of these societies, we need to be recognized as such. Therefore, one of the things I try to advocate as much as possible is reaching out to find spaces that speak about, uh, if you like, people that I want to celebrate from my history as a black Briton or from the continent or from the Caribbean. But the, the sense that we see ourselves amidst everybody else, right? That walking through London isn't just a journey through, if you like, the colonial masters of, of its past, but that there is a most socialist intervention in terms of what we recognize and who we choose to champion in public spaces and for what reasons. So I'm looking for a more socialist order in, in, in how those moments are ignited, what those histories talk about, how they will inform younger people in the future and inspire. Uh, and and, and uh, in, in, in keeping with the times, the removal of things that I see as obstacles, things that, that, uh, that speak about uh, inequality in history, uh, that spoke about slavery, that's, that, that, you know. So I'm very much uh, a part of a generation that wants to see that change implemented um, so that we don't lose sight of, of the, those before us uh, to give us some idea of who to be in the future. I just want to, sorry, just interject quickly on that as well, because I think yeah. what's really interesting about that, and I'd love to hear um, Princess Marilyn's um, view on this, is how that affects, because um, who is absent is, you're absolutely right, it's, it's part of the story, but I think that is about our kind of di diaspora condition, because yeah. in the UK we have a very specific attitude to that, in the US they have a very specific attitude to that, but yeah. in Africa, who's left out is a different is a different person who's left out. Absolutely, who's yeah, exactly. And that's really, really interesting. I mean, I remember being in, in, in Johannesburg about uh, a couple of years ago, almost exactly two years ago, and I might, I could easily have been in Switzerland. Right. You know, it, it's, you know, it's a really interesting kind of who is left in and who's left out, even in Africa. Yeah, I, I think um, the question of, uh, I, I've not seen the question of virtual, but the question of quality, 
this is not something which is universal. The notion of quality is, um, is not normative. And the danger sometimes for the architects and sometimes for some artists is to come with what I've learned and the, the norms, you know, uh, you have to do things in such a way and so on. The way people take uh, advantage of an artwork or of uh, space uh, which has been redrawn or redesigned by an artwork, uh, they will give the quality. They will say this is, they will use it and make it uh, ergonomic for, for right. themselves. I don't know. So, I mean, uh, what is very interesting in, in, my, in my country, Cameroon, Douala, particularly where I live and where, where I, I work, uh, we have such a freedom to do all what we want for the moment. Mm. Then the artists speaking with people or uh, making an offer of something um, help people to take advantage of it, to, to make the piece, the artwork, uh, part of their uh, daily life, and they decide the, the quality and the way they will use it and include that artwork in their own yeah. lives. So this is the, the, the most important for us. They don't, uh, most of the time, well, sometimes all depend on the artwork, but sometimes they don't feel it as a, a creation and artwork. They feel it up as a, a gesture for the development of their area. You know? Absolutely. I think, uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Princess Marilyn. I was just going to say, what was fascinating about 154 and Get Up, Stand Up Now at Somerset House, right, is the notion of the house itself, right, in terms of what the architecture delivers as a platform for the artworks. One of the things I'm always fascinated by with Black Art Fairs globally is this sense of urbanization. And for me, often it doesn't work. And ironically, what held that show up and what holds 154 up in that building is this classical backdrop, right? that immediately gives, uh, if you like, um, a, a quite a, a regal um, backdrop to the artworks that are put on display. In some respects, what that does is for 154 or for Get Up Stand Up, is it, it, it helps to equalize what we do on a world stage in order for other people to see it in the same light as, as, as European works, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Without taking us completely out of the remit. What I'm interested in in the future is how architecture stemming from the Caribbean, from Africa, et cetera, permeates or creates spaces for these narratives to unfold upon and what those spaces will look like to hold those narratives. So in that sense, how do we work in symbiosis? What are the kind of spaces that we need to create in order for artists revered, uh, who make qualitative work of, of, of revered nature to be able to display those that, 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 again, give us an equalizer in terms of the stylistics, uh, its modernization, et cetera. Because what we're really talking about is also the brokerage of culture amidst other world cultures, where we can show how we supersede in what we do, not only in the present, but for the future. And for me, for a long time, and I think for a lot of my group, we were rendered invisible on the world stage and our, uh, our mythologies, our artisans had been antiquated. So part of the battle has been, 
How do we reinterpret this? How do we re-contemporize our culture? How do we really push hard to make sure that stylistically we're at the forefront of what's happening globally? I mean, I would definitely say that if anyone's listening, we'd, we'd be delighted to create spaces like that if anyone wants to commission us. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the first thing I'd say. But I think it, it is so interesting that um, that it's so funny because we, we almost have to define ourselves against what Europeans are already doing. When I try to imagine what those spaces are, that, yeah. that have that grandeur, that have that natural grandeur. So Somerset House is like a quick shorthand, isn't it? And it's you know it's this kind of house, but it's in this it's in this position. It's it's yeah, thick and span. It's, it's got it's highly managed. There are so many people that whose job is just to keep keep things clean there, and it's in the centre of London by the river by the River Thames. It, Absolutely. You know, if it yeah. if it was in the middle of I don't know um, Amsara in 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 uh, as a, I can never pronounce it properly. Excuse yeah. me, capital of Eritrea. Um, but if if it was somewhere out in in the, the wilds of East Africa, it was yeah. really quiet. It was really dusty. Probably wouldn't have as much grandeur or, or experience. But what do we do? How do we? But how create... do we build Africa in a equivalent? Absolutely. Right. That's, that's how how do we the... have an aesthetic that that is as revered that competes mm. with that that has the same uh, regal befitting setting, right? That mm. speaks about us. That that you. But I think that's a definitive aesthetic in its construction. Absolutely, and I think, but that's I think that's a communal project or at least it's a project that has to be, um, you know, it's a, it's a project that has to be owned by a broader set of people. So if I'm thinking about yeah. the new uh, Modern Art Gallery in Cape Town, George, yeah. um, by Thomas Heatherwick, a British, uh, a white British architect, uh, um, designer, it's a very, it's a lovely building. It's really kind of eye-catching, but who were the African architects that had the opportunity to, to develop that and to kind of respond right. to that side? And I don't think um, that's the case. Often you will find um, architects that are, uh, in, in order to get that aesthetic that you're talking about, which I think is, is problematic in many ways, actually a lot of the, the people, the patrons who create those um, buildings will go and find a, what's called a star architect, a kind of very, very world famous architect who will happen to most likely be white, apart from uh, with the honorable exception of Sir David Adjaye, who, yeah. who is a, but he can't necessarily do everything. And actually exactly. it's probably, it's probably useful if there's a broader sweep of men, women, um, people from across the African continent who can, you know, who can do those things. Fantastic architects working um, across Africa at the moment, like uh, Francis Carre, um, as well, who's who's being feted a lot in Europe. Um, there, there's there's a lot of architectural talent there. There's a lot of kind of design, creative talent there. But what? How do we? imagine what in our own imaginations what does that grandeur look like it doesn't look like a colonial exactly. building and i think one Thank of the you, art forms that are that, that yeah. else's house yeah absolutely it's not our own. so how do we exactly. use our aesthetic to, to forge our own building blocks in that well sense? There, there is so there's, there's a kind of sense own, uh our own history our own aesthetic. absolutely and there's a sense of kind of afrofuturism yeah. that has influenced um you know as influence uh uh uh, I've forgotten the name. I can't believe I've forgotten the name of the the movie, um, the, the very famous movie um, from a couple of years ago, uh, which had Rick Boseman. Um, Black Panther. Black Panther. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there is a kind of, in our imagination, there are cues and reference points that we have that can give gravity to things. The the the, the pyramids do not look like um, Somerset House, and they don't have to, but they have a grandeur. Yeah. Uh, and there's a kind of, yeah. you know, there's a kind of reciprocity that we can we do and we try and do that in our work um currently in, in london 
because we think, and we talk about it as a kind of ornamental narrative, because what we can do is bring a language that is beyond that very narrow vision of a kind of middle European type of modernism that was highly problematic and highly exclusionary yeah. and highly, yeah. and if you look at any of the photos <laughs> of those times anywhere in the world, one no. thing they have in common yeah, was yeah. people that look like me couldn't have burned them. Hold on, let's get uh, Princess Marilyn in. And as we are running, those guys are men. I was wanting to speak. <laughs> Thank you, George. Guilty. guilty. No, I think there is. A... No, it's okay. I like the conversation. And um, we've got two I mean... questions. I just want to say that uh, we are in a very complex situation. The question of urbanization. We are more, uh, more of 50% of the population now in Africa is living in cities. And their models shown by the TV and so on is the one uh, they want. And they don't understand what is, it is exactly uh, the way they can live in those kind of housing and, and so on. But they want that. And at the same time, they don't know how to live there. And this is the reason why I think it's very important of making, emerging their way of feeling, of thinking, their own discourses on the way they can habitate has to be um, done, should be done by art as a, a place of education to free the words, to free the, the way they can, the people can influence uh, the, 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 the format, the dimension, and the, the housing. So, um, I mean, architects, sorry, I don't exactly know what this word is, but I think uh, it's for living, for housing, is you are in those kind of normalization. There is um, a room for everybody, there is a room for, for, for sleeping and so on. So, uh, but previously in the uh, formal, uh, former period, it was not like that. And it's now quite impossible to build as it was, as it was formerly. And at the same time, I don't know how you can, well, you passing through, passing through art uh, and education, you can maybe help people to define the way they want to live nowadays. I mean, my, my, my problem and my, 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 the complexity is how we can break, break the, uh, the models brought by uh, the, the outside to make people create them their own way of, of creation, the habitation, the, the way of habitat. I'm very clear. I mean, in the Caribbean, we deem what we do resistance up because we're so scared of. I think Zach, we are losing you. Um, but we are also. I think the internet is. No, no, we've got you back. You've got me back. Closing. Okay. We've got you back. All right. I mean, my point to Princess Marilyn to, to, to amplify what she's saying was, in a way, we've inherited a culture 
right? Partly it's one that we don't want, and we need to find ways to redefine are and should be away from that. In the Caribbean, we, the resistance are, of the Caribbean is, is also trying to resist, uh, if you like, the United States from consuming us. You know, otherwise, we're queuing up to be fifth-generation car park attendants in somebody else's back lot. Who are we? How do we keep individuality alive? How do we revere our own culture? How do we have aesthetic markers in buildings and in artworks that speak about us in a language that we see as ourselves? Um, and how do we create a symbiosis between architecture and the narratives driven by the artist to sit side by side in the future that can talk about not only our history and our present, but the future to come? Thank you. I think now I'm going to take closing. I, I think you've kind of made, uh, we are at the end. Um, David, do you want to come in? And then Princess Marlin, and then... Um, we had a question, but I think one of the questions being asked, there was a question around the Smithsonian in Washington by David um, Ajay. Yeah. Ajay. Yes. Um, but I think with that, let's, let's, let's do it with a close. Yeah, I mean... Um, Have you seen his building? I haven't seen it up close, but I, I do, I love it and I love the idea of it. Uh, yeah. And I think, uh, from what I understand from people who have them, it's a very popular building, it's a very um, good building. I mean, he's done buildings um, similarly in, in London, he's now doing um, uh, buildings in West Africa where he's based from what I understand. Um, I won't speak for Ade, so it's Okay, what was special in that moment was how he managed to drive the narrative from slavery to- Zach, I'm gonna have to like- For the building to the contemporary moment. Done. I'm gonna have to. Yes. All right, David. Uh, I I just think um, one of the things is to kind of uh, to, to answer Zach's earlier kind of challenge on on artists coming together with architects and what how do we create this new vision of ourselves? I think people are doing that. People are doing that every day. They always have been. But I think that the spirit of experimentation is the point. It is the spirit. It's the kind of pure um, essence of creativity. Go out there, create things, make things, try things, see what it see what it looks like, see what it feels like, see how people respond to it. I think that's that's the first thing we should do. We need the space to do that more. And we need the, the um, support to do that more. Often that's about financial, that often that's about kind of the tools and the, and the media, but there are different ways in which you can do that. Um, and the other thing is, is just to almost kind of, Princess Marilyn in her, in her rebuke earlier kind of proved a point, which is that there is a kind of, what I, I, I talk about um, diversity a lot in the UK context, and I think um, Zach does as well. What I've discovered that very early on in that conversation was that I was really talking about my experience as a black male from a um, certain generation. And actually to understand um, that there are other people who might have a different mode of communicating and there's a different way of doing that is a journey that I've been on. And it's a kind of welcome, it's, it's a welcome opportunity to enrich what we're doing. I think that applies in this um, environment because what I was saying earlier about almost being really forensic about who doesn't get to speak and who doesn't get to contribute and what, what intersectionalities they come from because that just strengthens what we're looking at. And the, the broader answer to what Zach was asking might come from those kinds of conversations. Okay. And I will move it to Princess Marilyn. Oh, <laughs> I think it's uh, I mean, late for me. <laughs> no, I, know, I have nothing to add. Sorry. Hello. So I give my words to Zach. <laughs> my, my time. 
Okay. I mean, yeah. Perfect. Just to come back to you, David. Thank you very much. Zach, very, do you want to do a quick one? Yeah, please. Zach? I mean, I'm very, can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. You can hear me? Okay. Yeah, just to say, yes. David, um, I'm very excited to work with um, architects like yourself. For me, this is a fairly new thing in being even able to arrive in a position where you and I can discuss how we might navigate this future. Um, so I'm very excited by this moment. Um, I don't think there are enough opportunities right now for people of uh, like you and I in this moment globally to start having this vision and sharing this. So in a way, I don't see that many people who are able to, to congregate in the way that we're discussing. And I'm hoping that this is something that, that changes in the future and that we do get more opportunities to actually develop a building and the language of what happens within it. And that we can see institutions, uh, not only in Britain, but on the continent and globally that, that, that kind of presume to take on the guise of what we're trying to, to mold here today. Okay, I think that's, that's, that's really good, thank you. I'm going to, um, I think there's a question I would have wanted to ask, and I think it's important. We've talked about artists, we've talked about architects, and for me, the one question that really plagues me as a South African is how, how are we ready in thinking about public space to hand over the process of thinking about public space to the actual public. And, 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 you know, I don't ask it as a question that needs to be answered, but I think that's, that's one of the things that really weighs heavily. And, and it's, it's not a question that one can deal with in an hour, but I think that's a question that I want to leave. Cause I think that you, you've all probably thought about this, but I think this is for me going forward, a, a thing that I would like you guys to think about is when are we, or rather, are we ready to, 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 to as, as artists, as architects, as people that are part of the public, um, you know, uh, steering committee, are we ready to also extend this privilege that we are now claiming to the public and what that will look like. And I tell this because I've seen many public projects be undone by the public that, you know, like uh, I, I, I would give an example of a, of, of a park that was made where the gate was put in an aesthetically pleasing way and people broke it down and created a new path. So for me, that's the question I want you guys to, to think of for, for going forward. And yeah, that's, I put it as a question. I hope it's not too much of a spanner for thinking. But with that, I want to thank you very much. I'm happy to continue talking as all for the times past. Um, and I want to thank our audience and I want to thank our panelists. You guys thank have you. really put a lot of interest in that. Uh, thank you very much. And I want to thank 154 for actually allowing and facilitating the space. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, and thank again, you for having me. In a true South we can continue as people move. Thank, thank you. you so I, much. I have to leave, unfortunately, but it was fantastic. Thank you, Princess um, Caroline. Yeah. And thank you, George, Bye. for your um, uh, moderation. Appreciate it. Oh,